Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. So here we are on June 10th on the Mike Abadir Show. Gino Bacola here alongside the main man, Mike Abadir. We have a lot happening in the world of sports today. Big news in baseball. We're going to talk about spin rate, uh, some news in football. You, Julio Jones, could he be a big mover, a needle mover for the Titans? Uh, Aaron Rodgers we can talk about, stuff going on in basketball. We have a Belmont winner. So one of those periods in sports where a lot is happening. Yeah, man, a lot of talk about spin rate, and it's interesting because teams from New York dominating the headlines this week. Uh, you know, Peter Alfonso made some comments suggesting that somehow uh, baseballs are manipulated uh, depending on the free agent class. And Garrett Cole obviously has been accused of some things. So, lots to talk about. We'll we'll kind of delve into that a little bit, and I'll give you my theory on that as well. G. He um. And talking about Garrett Cole, he he didn't sound very good the other day. I will say that. I don't I don't know necessarily. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I know don't, how much of a, a a public speaker he is. So I don't know no. how normal or abnormal he yeah, was. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't recall having, for someone who's like a big, uh, a big deal the last few years, I can't recall how many times I've actually heard him speak. No, yeah, that. he's not, he's not one of those, those kind of, uh camera hogs no you know what i mean he's not a ham for the camera at all you just sort of would have figured that um with with all of this going on you would have had a response in your head maybe <laughs> like just in case somebody was going to ask you <laughs> yeah, he literally felt out. like that was the first time anybody's ever asked him that question you know it, it just was funny i, I just uh, uh, how he because i i laughed because i really do think from a lot of the stuff that i read um, some of the reports and stuff. I think that a lot of the baseballs that they took, they said that there were, there were like 86 out of 100 um, that had some sort of a, a substance on them, <laughs> like some sort of a doctored substance that was on a baseball that you knew that somebody had been using. So um, it gets down to the point where like th- this is weird because this comes into – because it's something that um, is cheating, quote-unquote – it gets in, you know, to the conversation that people were having with one of the more recent cheating uh, scandals the last couple of years with the sign stealing stuff, and then even before that with steroid. So it's kind of an interesting conversation to to like stack up where this is. If it is comparable, do you feel like this is the same thing? Do you feel like this is different? Is this a big deal? Is it not? Um, I mean, is because it's funny. This is something like that you you and I sort of talked about with sign stealing. Like, I mean, I never. I didn't ever have a problem with there being sign stealing. It was just once Major League Baseball came in and said, okay, nobody can do it anymore. And then some teams were using devices and were taking it to the next level. This sort of feels like that with the spider tack. Because, I mean, we've grown up. I mean, every baseball movie you've ever watched, there's always a a scene of somebody rubbing some stuff on the ball. (laughs) You know, like, this has not been like a, a thing that people didn't know. It just feels like... Now the, it's gone to a different level, especially with the response that the hitters have had and the, and how bad the numbers have been in the game the last year, in particular this year. 
Well, a few thoughts about that. First, I kind of want to just slightly amend what you were saying. Uh, it's not that MLB banned sign stealing overall. It was the method that was the used, use as of you it. pointed out. Yeah, yeah, the, it was the use the, of, the devices. of electronic devices. Yeah, and I think it's it's analogous. I mean, you brought it up, and it's it's a good analogy because – you know, there are things that you can do as a pitcher and there are things that you can't do as a pitcher. Where is that line drawn? And more importantly, how are you going to enforce it? Okay. Are you going to not have to send a ball to a lab anytime that there's yeah. speculation about this? Because otherwise the, the ramifications are a suspension and the union's not going to allow it. You don't want this thing to get hairy. You don't want this thing to be a mess. I've got a solution for it. But before I get to that... It's interesting because you brought up some of the player perspectives regarding um, their performance. I actually heard a couple of players also, though, say we want them to have a grip because everybody now throws high 90s, low 100s. You don't want, we don't, you want, don't want the high one Pilar in the situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I heard so having better control is optimal. Right. So here, here's my question for you, Gino. I can quantify miles per hour. You know, if you told me you knew a high school pitcher that pitched 88, hey, it's pretty good, man. Yeah. If you said he pitches 98, wow, he's a flamethrower. Sign him up for the big leagues, right? I don't know Does what 2 or 3% extra spin rate does. I got no, no. clue. No. I, I really I can't quantify that in any way. Does it make that big of a difference? Or... Are guys just striking out too much anyways because of their launch angle for the desire to hit home runs? I don't know any of those things, man. Yeah, because we're just, just – It's too new. They're, you know what I mean? Like it's a mm -hmm. new style of baseball. It is. We're, what we're doing is we're just using what we know from some of the players. You know, um, I think it was it, it was a Donaldson or someone – I, I got it the other day who was um, – one of the better um, takes I heard on this, and they said – we don't mind, or he said, you know, like the throwing hard and even like getting the like the grip on the ball. It's sort of like what you were saying. Like we want you to be able to have that, but I think what was pointed out was that look, walks are up, like not swinging out of pitches outside of the zone is down. Like the hitters are doing what they're supposed to. But the balls are just moving so much more than normal that the nasty stuff that's making you chase is what's getting guys. Um, I thought that was a product, kind of an interesting point in that, like, they're not swinging at bat. The, the hitters are sort of like, um, they're adjusting in the way you would want them to, right? By just being a little more patient at the plate. They're getting on base a little bit more. They're just still not scoring because you're still having these guys with the nasty wipeout stuff. Um, that was kind of an interesting perspective from the hitter, you know, and then you bring someone like Trevor Bauer into the mix, who was like, sort of like a face of all this, because he was talking about this four years ago and telling baseball, look, there are people are sign stealing. People are rubbing stuff on the ball. They're doing all these things. And then he was saying, like, you got to look into this and they never did. And so now you look at Bauer and he was just like, okay, screw it. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and, um, and he's been pretty open about it. Like, I don't think it's even, a. Like a, a like a some like a secret that he's done it. Um, I'm I'm very curious to see how exactly he would respond if he was just given the exact question that Cole was, because Blake Trinan from the Dodgers got that same exact question yesterday in an interview 
with uh, people from uh, Pitching Ninja, which is a really good like baseball analytical site, gets into pitchers and some of their specifics. And he just said point blank, no, I don't. And he said it in a very like, hmm, you, if he if I heard that and he's lying, I will never think of Blake trying in the same way because he tr- he I sure believed him. He was like. Hey, look, I worked really hard to get to where I am and I've got all this ability and stuff. And, you know, he's like, I'm not even a guy who's like, I'm when I'm out there, I'm really like counting on my own stuff. I don't want to have to worry about like needing something else. And this is my God. Like He was very honest. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess I think at least Blake isn't. And um, now I just I'm just in a, a spot where I'm kind of curious. Like now I'm looking at every pitcher. I saw you Darvish last week doing some stuff uh people were mentioned urias like go into his pocket but then you're looking at the score like you don't know every time somebody pitcher does something now you're kind of like oh what are they doing there you know (laughs) yeah no kidding so let's actually look at the rule for a quick moment you know so there are two rules in the mlb rules manual uh which is huge people don't realize for the people do, that don't realize, there are so many rules in Major League Baseball. It's unreal. You would think, you know, not so much. You know, three strikes, three outs. You know, what's a strike? What's a walk? Home run? Double? Ground? You know, ground rule double? What are the home stadium rules? And that's it? No. It is massive, massive, massive. The rule for the pitchers, we could look at, uh, it's rule 3.01. And there are two rules. One is regarding applying things to a ball. Another one is manipulating the ball. So this is the manipulating the ball. No player shall intentionally discolor or damage the ball by rubbing it with soil, rosin, paraffin, licorice, sandpaper, emery paper, or other foreign substances such as pine tar. I almost said it backwards. Somebody used to use the, the corner of their belt. As one that I had heard to sharpen the to ball, scuff it or something, scuff it a little bit. Yeah. You can you can dig your nail into the ball a yeah. little at the end, and then you just get a little bit more oomph when you. Yeah, exactly. And then section six o two point o two says the pitcher shall not apply a foreign substance of any kind to the ball. Now, what many don't know is this: they are allowed to use something to improve their grip on the ball, and that is rosin, mm-hmm. but. It has to be provided by the umpire. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. The umpires provide a rosin bag, yep. which is supposed to be kept on the side of the mound. That's why you, you see guys going to the side of the mound, right? Fluff it up. And that's what they could go to. So I've got a solution. I said I have a solution. I do have a solution. Let the guys go to their mouth. They haven't been allowed to go to their mouth. Mm-hmm. Let the guys go to their mouth. Aaron Rodgers does it for grip, right? I mean, other sports you can. Why can't you in baseball? It's a safety issue more than anything else. Allow them to go to their mouth and not their ball caps. The other thing you could do, too, is maybe allow something slightly stickier than rosin Mm -hmm. on that same rosin bag. Have the umpire provide Something MLB provided. Yeah, now everybody's being provided the exact same thing. Yep. I agree. I think everybody's got a mouth that they can lick their fingers and some and guys everybody won't even have use access it. to this Some won't bag. even want to use it. Boom. Problem solved. Like, That's it. Some will use it. Some won't. Yeah. You have uh, – and then you know what you do in like a few months? You're selling your MLB spider tack or whatever the hell it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. – and then you can sell it and you've got stuff that – you that would, but I, I think this is – like this to me doesn't feel like a steroid or even 
the sign stealing stuff, I thought it could have where it was going with the technology and stuff. Now that that started, it could have got out of hand. I'm glad that got nipped. The steroid stuff got nipped. Then they were talking about health of people physically and stuff too. You know that that obviously was a big deal. This this is a I don't know. This feels like a pretty simple solution. Like just like you said, it just hey let's mandate something because my only concern is that you and I just in a 15 minutes sort of talked it out. Like baseball's track record when dealing with crisis and stuff like this, their management has been sort of the opposite. Like not very good. <laughs> so true, man. Mansfred, <laughs> give Gino and I a call. We're gonna come in here. We're gonna clean things up. We only need about ten minutes of your yeah, time, bro. Fourteen minutes. There we go. You're good. You know <laughs> that's all we need, man. We'll get we'll get the job done. Yeah, it really is that simple. Let's go to the rules. We look at them. We discuss them. You figure out what's the best way to go about this in fairness, and boom, you're done. I don't see what the issue is when it comes to that. Like I said, man, I don't know what RPMs are relative to a baseball. You can throw those stats out at me all day, and I I just don't know how to compute that. I know there's more RPMs today than there were yesteryear, but again, I don't know how much more makes a difference in a span of 60 feet, six inches. You know, I, I really don't. Is a half a spin more a big deal? Is two and a half spins more a big deal? And then, I, you know, it's all example. pretty hard to me. You know, I mean, it's all it's hard to hit, I guess, anyways. But And so what, what does it come down to, like, people that are just doing, learning to spin the ball more and then people that are using something, right? Like, you know, it's sort of like la- your launch rate with, with the swing. If people are just working on that more and that's become more of a, a fixture. Example, let's use a, a, a roster like the Dodgers where there was an article, a big article written about them. They've been a team that's been talked about um, using a lot of spin rate. Especially year. Trevor Bauer. He's especially like the spokesman. Oh, yeah, especially Bauer. Um, like how much is it when you look at a team and you look at their spin rate, are you going to immediately go, okay, they're cheating? Or are you going to go, okay, well, the Dodgers have – maybe the best or one of the top, what, two to three starting staffs in baseball. So, like, of course, they're probably going to have a better spin rate. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. I don't know. Like you said, it's not something that we know even all that well. We see a jump, but does that just mean, like, in the NBA, yeah, there's a jump in three-point percentage every year because people are doing it more. And every offseason, people are just shooting more and more threes, and now every team, like, the floor for three-point percentage for everybody has just raised. I don't know. Make a good point. Make a good point. And I think a lot of this comes down to the brand of baseball that we are watching. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of why this is getting some attention. It is. You know, there because there are no scores. Yeah, because nobody of the cared walks, about this like last said, year. <laughs> yeah. The walks, like you said, the the high level of strikeouts, the number of no hitters. It's one thing to see kind of like a classic pitching matchup, 0-0 going into the seventh inning or something like that. It's, it's, it's pretty cool to see when it's a novelty. But if you're seeing a no-hitter, you know, every two weeks, then it's kind of not that cool anymore, especially when it's a no-hitter with like six walks. <laughs> then like I, I'm not that interested in it. Yeah, it's a great feat, but nonetheless, I'm not that down with it if it's that regular. So... What do we have to do? It's interesting, though, because I think a lot of this stuff, Gino, is ebbs and flows of the game and philosophy changes. You know, it's kind of like in the NFL. 
there was a period where everybody was a running team. And then it was a passing team. And then it was like the run and shoot. And then it was like power running for a while. And now we're like big time in this passing era, slowly maybe gravitating towards a little bit more of a balance. You know, and Major League Baseball is the same way. I kind of long for the era of guys trying to bat 350. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's – and there was a really good – article a couple weeks ago on ESPN from Jeff Passan and they're doing this uh sort of like every week kind of checking in with everything and it's been it's been very good there's a lot of good information even more than just who's hot this week that kind of stuff but it was it was talking about how overall it the the there there's like you, you keep thinking things are going to adjust but it doesn't make a whole lot of like it's hard because the shift now the shift has become a thing that's eliminated so many hits And so people are sort of trying to adjust to that shift But the shift has become even harder Like for left-handed hitter You know, like really hard for left-handed hitters It's almost impossible when you've got three guys on the other side of the field And you pull the ball To even get the same type of hit that you were going to get before And so when you have a shift And you combine that with a different baseball Where people may be using something Plus the way that the pitchers are used Shorter outings, right? Um, Finally, starting pitchers have given in They said uh, over the last couple years Instead of like digging their heels in and saying We want to go six, seven, eight Starting pitchers have been okay with going Four, five, whatever you need me to So what does that in change do? Okay, it means that you're bringing somebody else out of the bullpen immediately who's fresh. You're you're facing more fresh arms every at bat. So there are less times in the middle of the game where somebody gets in at bat against like a worn down starter in the fourth, fifth, and sixth innings. It was a really interesting like domino effect on why really the runs are down. And there were like six things that you could see all were sort of leading to each other. That really is amazing, and that's a great analysis, and that's a great checklist there of uh, a lot of the reasons. You know, let's just say before you had a lot of space where you could hit the ball as a hitter. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know. I'm just making up a number. Let's say it was like 10,000 square feet mm-hmm. of real estate to be able to drop a ball into. The shift maybe has reduced it from 10,000 square feet to like 4,000 square feet or something yep. like that. you got to place it a lot more carefully. You know, I've got a solution for that one too. I'm, 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 I'm bringing it today, man. Let's hear it. I'm telling you, Mansfred's gonna have to give us a call. He's listening. Why I don't know we take? Yeah. What? Yeah, I know. I'm positive he's gonna call us. You know. Um, let, let's take a, a, a quick commercial timeout, and on the other side, I will give you a shift solution right after this. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? 
If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. We're back here on the Mike Abadir Show. Mike is uh, fixing baseball with us. So we're going to get to that in just one second. We were talking about... Uh, some bad beats during the break, so I do. I wanted to share this one with you too, and because it's a because it's re- involving baseball and it involves having today. I had a uh, a Phillies game. The Phillies were playing the Braves, and and I, I it was Wheeler against uh, Anderson. So Wheeler's been pitching pretty well. I played the Phillies on the run line, so they needed to win by one and a half, and uh, game was low scoring all the way through. Um, ended up it was Phillies were up one nothing in the eighth. They had a chance twice to get a hit to get up two nothing. Uh, with the runner on second, and they couldn't. So then the Braves actually tie the game. They go to extra innings. So I'm going, okay, at least I kind of have a shot here. Like, I could maybe win by two in extra innings where if I won by one, I was already screwed. So then the Braves score two runs. They get, they take the lead three to one. So I kind of, in the back of my head, was like, ah, oh, they're done. They got to score four here for me. So Philly gets two runners on, and uh, all of a sudden <laughs> – uh, they still they score, they get a base hit, and then there's still two runners on. The next guy hits a ball that is gone. I mean, it is crap. Yeah, I saw that. Gene Segura. I, I was like, oh, sh- Segura's got it. It hit the only part of the ballpark where it wouldn't have been a home run. There's, there's this, like, one little strand across the top of left center field where there's, like, a six-inch part that it hit. I mean, if it hit right, dead center, or left, that ball was gone. And I was just laughing because I went from – oh, there's no way I'm winning this, to, oh my gosh, I'm going to win. And then it hit that one spot, uh, and I ended up losing 4-3 to because they don't need to score the, the third the, the next run. So it's a 4-3 win. The Phillies win, but I didn't win the run line because I needed them to win by two. It was just a really funny story because it just happened a few, really big ball a few minutes that. ago. I'm sorry to hear that. That's, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I hate it when I, when I get my hopes up like <laughs> that, and then my arms are both extended and raised up Laughing in the air like I got it. Oh, no. Yeah. It was a funny it's moment. It's one thing, too, if, like, the ball had died in the air oh, and no, then a outfielder caught it. It's another thing where, like, you know, it's 
inches from a home run. Just one to the left. Other. <laughs> Just to the left, the thing was cracked. So it yeah. was it was fun. I got a moment, a brief thrill. But I, I I even tweeted. I said, "This was weird. I went from having to get thinking I was going to get lucky to then getting unlucky." So I guess I just got what exactly I deserved. <laughs> I just ended up right back in the middle because <laughs> anyway, it, it was funny. Nonetheless, since we're talking a lot about baseball, I, fear, I figured I'd, uh, I'd share that tough beat with you guys out there. But Mike is going to share another solution. We've been trying to find some solutions to fix baseball. And now we have one uh, from Mike about the shift. Yeah, so I'm going to call this one the soccer offsides rule. So I, I know you'll appreciate that because you're a big soccer guy. So in soccer, we don't care where you end up. It's about the starting point. What do I mean? When the halfback kicks it, are you behind the last defender or in front of the last defender? Right? That's all we care about relative to offsides. Why don't we do something similar where when the pitcher releases it, if you're a shortstop, you have to be now I'm I'm the shortstop. Okay, I'm facing home plate right now, right? I have to be to the right of second base. Mm-hmm. The second baseman facing the catcher, facing home plate, has to be to the left of second base. When it when leaves it his hand. When it leaves now, his hand. If he you wants to run, you know, it's almost like a like a man in motion. Like trying to time it in the backfield, you know. Right? If yeah. he wants to, it's like a man in motion. If he wants to time it, go for it. Yeah, I, I've, heard, I've heard that. It's, and there might be some benefit to a pitcher, too. It might be a little bit distracting. Uh, I don't know, because there's runners on base that would provide the same distraction anyways, if that's truly the case. Uh, so having somebody there and movement there isn't a, a killer. But at least let's make it to where you better be sure you want to employ that strategy because now the entire field is back in play again. And I think ultimately that's what everybody wants. Yep. I've heard that one. I've heard the, um, you know, they have to be on the dirt. You can't be even on the outfield grass. You know, the infielders have to be on the edge of the dirt at the lit before when the pitch is thrown. Uh, uh, The thing I wonder about that, and I don't know the answer to this. Yeah, I mean, and I don't either. Is every, um, is every stadium's dirt the same path or dirt area the similar. same size? You know that that's and that's a good question. I don't I don't know the answer to that. Um, I'll tell you what; those two are a lot better than one thing I heard joked about a few months ago that somebody uh, suggested, which obviously would never happen. But like putting targets in the outfield and that people would have to like try to cover so that way you would it would open things up. And I started laughing. I was like, this is definitely not on Nickelodeon. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is something that they. That I would have done with kid with kids, but it wasn't even an article that was that was out there. And I heard it on, uh, and I looked it up afterwards. I heard it on like Mason and Ireland. They were talking about it as something like, "What would you would you ever want to accept something ridiculous that like that?" That sounds like a carnival game, man. Yeah, and it's funny because they were talking about how like, you know, and and it, I agree, I would never do something like that. But it's that that's sort of what people said when like they brought in the three point shot in basketball. You know, like years back, they said, what? The three-point shot? No way. What a crazy thing. You know, and, but I would – that was absurd. Like there has to be something that makes sense that we can do because we're sort of in a weird way getting a little too smart for our, our own good with some of this stuff. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Uh, let, me, let me ask you, what is the harm of having that rule in place where you, you have to field your position? I mean what's, 
why is that a problem? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we could, there's already like a lot of movement as it is, you know, you can bring outfielders in when uh, the circumstances suggest that you do right. Let it go uh, behind you, but we're going to get anything in front of us. I mean, there's, there's a lot of leeway as it is. And even as a shortstop or a second baseman, you could still be very deep. You could play infield in, you could be more to the right, more to the left. All I'm saying is just be on the, the right side of the bag where your position supposedly is supposed to be. You don't have to be deep in the hole as a shortstop. You can be really close to the bag. You can be behind the bag. You just can't be to the left of the bag. I don't really see a downside in that. Yeah, I, I don't either. There are things that need to change, and there are, you know, there are a couple of easy options that we've discussed. Um, it, it is funny that just a year or two ago, we were talking about how everything was up. All the home runs were up. The ball was up. The pitchers were mad. The pitchers were mad. Remember Verlander coming out and saying how pissed off he was because he was even having a good year, but he was just giving up so many home runs and everybody's home runs were up like the lowest. It It is pretty funny how quickly that flipped. Really is. Really is. <laughs> it, it was funny because you would look at pitchers ERAs and then pitchers whips and it kind of didn't jive. No, like, dude, people, how does this guy have like a one point fours? Yep. Yeah, how does this guy have a one point oh eight whip, but his ERA is like four point five seven? Yeah, how, how is that even possible? You know, you know, it's because of the three run dongs or whatever. So the, the total opposite this year, because like we were saying, they're giving more away more walks, and the batters have actually have still have a really good eye, but. I, th- I think I've seen more traffic stranded because I know the Dodgers struggled with this early on and they're a team that takes a lot of walks and gets on base a lot. I've seen more innings with more pl- like second and third, one out, nobody come, nobody gets hit and bases loaded, one out, no runs scored in, in just a small section of this year. Then and I can that used to be like automatic run. Bases loaded situation with less than two outs. You're scoring one at the least two, three big innings coming. Like you're just seeing a lot more stranded because of those wipeout pitches. Um, yeah, something the, the shifts. You're something's got to change. We we've given you a few solutions here early on in the Mike Abadier show. So uh, so well done. Yeah, and you know, let me say this: baseball has a tremendous opportunity, a tremendous advantage in that they have a minor league system with a lot Try of levels, out. with a lot of levels, with a lot of leagues. You don't even have to do it widespread. Let's try this one in the Eastern League. Let's try this one in the Pacific Coast League. Let's try that one. You know, so you you can try things out, see how it goes. The only problem is they usually take a really, really long time before they implement Mm -hmm. anything. Interestingly enough, sometimes it's so much time that the problem is kind of naturally resolved. Mm -hmm. So to baseball's credit... Not rushing into something makes sense to a degree, but I don't see the shift thing ever being a positive. No, outside not of uh, for the pitcher's benefit. And so um, one, um, I, I, I would say that one. Let's do an expedited version of the trial in the minors. Do it for the second half. You know, they'll play first half and second half in the minors. Do it for the second half of the season. Make your assessment. Talk to the players' association. If we're good to go. Let's implement it because there is going to be a, a con- very contentious labor 
discussion come Soon. December when yep. this current agreement expires. Let's address that now in this agreement, get everybody to sign off on it and move on. Yep. And you, you know, you look around and it's, there's just this divide between the players, the fans, the owners, some of the people in charge. I do think that they've shown that they can throw some gimmicky things. Like, think about right now. I mean, we start extra innings with the runner on second. That's that's crazy just to think about. It's it's know? a radical thing for baseball. But it's not. And But you know what? It's not that bad. I, I don't. I, I thought it worked well last year. In, in the need to not play as many deep extra inning games. Um, but you know what? I have a lot of other gripes with things in baseball. I think I actually don't like the three batter rule for the relief pitchers more than that, to be honest. Because there are some guys that are just like super specialists that, you know, the lefty-lefty matchups that you just need to get a, a big out. Um, so they've already done some gimmicky things. Um, I, I'm, and and we've kind of accepted them and and gotten familiar with them already. So if you have to do one or two things to tweak that shift to make it a little bit better, you know what? I think I think that's where you have to start looking and, and, and trying things out. Yeah, you know, I thought that the uh, three batter thing was going to really bother me. It, it hasn't bothered me as much as I thought it would. Because I, I was think it's probably fair, too. It. Like, yeah. yeah, you're right. There are specialists. And, and that's part of the fun of the game. I mean, Tony La Russa made that legendary with pitching coach uh, Rick Honeycutt. Uh, back in the A's days, before he was even uh, managing the Cardinals. Um, and I, I remember how well he utilized that. He really mastered it. He's kind of the uh, inventor of that type of process, if you will. But the other thing about it is this. It got so specialized that if I'm an owner of a team, I kind of want to get my money's worth a little bit more out of the pitcher. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Adam Kalerik uh, like, for the Dodgers. Like the guy, who like, think about it this lefty, way. Lefty. Yeah, like – like the guy pitched whatever 120 innings in high school, you know, 140 innings in college, comes up through the minors, you know, getting all these starts, convert him to a reliever, and then all of a sudden he's making like four pitches. You know what I mean? It's kind of like let's get our money's worth, man. We're paying this guy a boatload of money. Let's at least get him for a couple of outs, <laughs> you know. And hey, if you're in the major leagues, you should be capable of getting a few outs. And if you're not, then we don't need necessarily a, uh, you know, a field goal kicker that comes out twice a season in baseball. I mean, that's kind of my take on it. So um, anyways, everything, as you see, Gino, is in the vein, if you will, or in the spirit of expediting the game. Mm -hmm. I think those are the things that get straight to the top of commissioner's office. Everything else kind of gets pushed to secondary. It's tabled for another day. And so the runner on second, as you mentioned, that's an expeditious. It's more than just even saving the teams. It's let's get the fans in and out of there in three hours and 55 minutes if it's extra innings instead of four hours and a half in extra innings, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. Um, I've always loved more free baseball. I was going to say, I, I've, some of my favorite mo- moments at the ballpark have been like 15, 16 inning games where you're there and not, you know, it's just, there's like a 10th of the stadium. You're yeah. just kind of looking around at who's it, there. It, and having, it, yeah, yeah, and if you're a night owl, oh, uh, yeah. like many of us are, at, you know, at I love 30 or 1 o'clock West Coast time. Clock, 
yeah, the clock just struck midnight Pacific uh, here, you know, at the Oakland Coliseum. You know, I I love that kind of thing. And I'm like looking at the clock and I'm like, wow, it's 1235 and this game does not have an end in sight. I love that. I think that's fantastic. Obviously, I might feel a little bit differently if I'm on the East Coast because maybe 3.30 a.m. might be a little bit late to be watching a live Major League Baseball game. But nonetheless, um, those are the issues that uh, get straight to the top of the messenger board. Anything relating to how could we speed up the game? So um, do, do maybe we could come up with a twist so that the shift can kind of be under the ship shift solutions can be under the speed category than uh, than a strategy category and maybe that'll get manfred's attention huh yeah because this this is a moment now you know the two two sports that you and i really love you got to look around at and you got to look at baseball you got to look at horse racing and think where were these sports 30 50 years ago compared to football and basketball because right now the, uh, you know, you, you'd flip them. You would say football is number one, probably basketball, then baseball. Horse racing is uh, distant behind them. Um, and a lot of the the leadership and a lot of the kind of not thinking outside the box, not having newer ideas, not um, maybe listening to your fans or customers all the time, kind of thinking you know it all. Um, we've actually seen football and, and, and basketball do the opposite. They've been very like um, – um, technology like uh going with young technology kind of uh, um on the cusp so hopefully baseball can get into that uh sort of a sense and, and you know we, we mentioned horse racing a lot on here too because you look around baseball man this is such a fun time for the game there are so many really really good really talented players and we notice it because right now I notice it because Mike Trout's on my fantasy team and he's not in there and he's not playing. And when he's hurt, he's been like the perennial MVP sort of face of the league. But you remove him and you look around the league and you see how many other teams still have these young, young stars. Um, baseball's in good shape. They just need to get a, a little kick in the butt, you know, um, like on, on in, in a lot of different ways. And and maybe the the fact that this negotiation, this big negotiation is looming you know, maybe that could be a blessing in disguise because this could be a moment where a lot of things need to change for the next, I don't know, decade moving forward. Tremendous opportunity for them to be able to kind of, you know, lay it out on the table and really elevate baseball, propel it to where I hope it would be, uh, which is to gain more widespread popularity uh, amongst the young players out there, whether it's recreational or fans of the game in general. This is your chance to do it. Take advantage while you got all these marketable superstars around the game. It's kind of funny. I don't remember if I mentioned this on uh, on this show or in casual conversation, but you know, it wasn't long ago that Harper was supposed to be the uh, face of baseball, Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I think he's way down the list because mm-hmm. we probably have about ten or twelve other guys that are more likable, more exciting, and all have the makeup to be the face of baseball. Yep. So. Let's take a quick commercial timeout, Gino. And on the other side, let's get your thoughts on the Belmont Stakes and upcoming summer meets and uh, what we're excited about as horse players for the next uh, 90 days or so. Stay with us. We will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Streaming live, the leader in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Closing up here on the Mike Abadir Show and uh, a lot of baseball today because there's been a lot of baseball in the news and uh you said there were a couple other uh, news and notes items that you wanted to discuss. Yeah, the the White Sox, a, a team that you've been high on for a long time, Gino. Props to you because you really looked into your crystal ball and saw that these guys not just had a bunch of players on their roster, but prospects that would come up and make a huge impact, maybe be, even become superstars. Uh, what do you think of uh, Madrigal, Nick Madrigal on the White Sox? Pretty good, huh? Oh, yeah. This team is a young, loaded team. And one of the issues that we've been talking about, they've just been they been decimated by injuries. From he might be out for the year. Real I mean, they're pulling a 60-day DL. Quality. But talk to any athlete that Robert, has a hamstring, severe hamstring injury, and they'll tell you he ain't coming back this it year. It was Robert Early. Um, and uh, we're talking, like, really, really key contributors to this team, which is funny because, you know, you look up and – there's been the scuttlebutt of, of Tony LaRussa and like how can he, you know, relate to his players. But this team is actually in first. They've got a four game lead in the central, even with some of the injury issues they've had. They've got the second best run differential in the league, only behind the Dodgers. They've got a plus 86 run differential. So, I mean, they continue to, to play pretty well. And it's sort of that start time of the year. Uh, one of the websites that I read to a lot of fan graphs, they do like the weekly power rankings at the beginning of Monday. And they, they're, they're like top tier of teams. Like the tiers of teams are starting to really like define themselves. You know, I think, I think you look at maybe like five, there are about five teams in the American league that you probably have in the top tier. And it's maybe, you know, the three teams from the American league with the, 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 the Red Sox, 
the Rays and the Yankees, you probably put the White Sox in that mix, and then maybe the A's and the Astros as like the the, the pretty solid teams. And the Yankees have struggled a little bit, but um, and and the Red Sox for some reason just can't beat the Astros. <laughs> but um, they they're kind of like the the tier. And then in the National League, you sort of look at the top three teams in the West. Um, the the Brewers and the Cubs have been playing well, and then even the Mets are starting to separate themselves. So we're getting a little separation now from some of these better teams in baseball. Um, so. Uh, you know, I, I'm very curious if the White Sox, are they going to be deep enough? You know, you, you get out to a good lead. Now, things are going well. You're winning games. It's fine. If you lose six of seven or seven of eight, and then you look up and you don't love your manager, is that when things start to go wrong? Well, you've lost one-third of your hitting lineup. And unfortunately, Every day I don't want anybody to get hurt, but it's not the seven, eight, and nine hitters. No. Right? Uh, no. You've lost some really, really key contributors. Uh, some for an extended period of time. That's a difficult thing to make up. Luckily, luckily for them, one of the more talented teams in the division, the Minnesota Twins, they don't look like they have it this year. Teams should not get buried in early June, mid-June, but I'm going to go ahead and arrange the funeral for the Minnesota Twins. Sorry, Twinkies. Uh, you guys are toast for this year. I don't see any any sign of hope or relief for this season for you. Um, so that's kind of the saving grace for the White Sox, in my opinion. They, yeah, they just big. have to fend off the Indians and yeah. and maybe one final surge by the inconsistent Kansas City Royals. Uh, but Matt shifting Carruthers, over back to who, the... Who is uh, a, yeah, I was going to say uh, Matt Carruthers, who's a big uh, Twins fan. I had him on the show last my show last week. That's what G said. And he said the most disappointing he's ever been in a team as a fan. This team. Oh, how, yeah. How, how bad they are. I mean, it just it doesn't make any sense that they're this bad. You could say if they were just like a mediocre team and maybe didn't make the playoffs or maybe got swept out of a series. But to be this bad, if they continue to play this poor throughout the season, this would be one of the bigger disappointments after the two really good years they had. They hit the ball so, so well in back to back seasons. Yeah, man, it sucks to be a Minnesota sports fan. Uh, that that I do know. <laughs> Forget about the Timberwolves. How about the underachieving Minnesota Vikings always have a really good defense and Find you a way have to this lose. high-prized uh, free agent quarterback getting a boatload of money and the best running back in football, and you got good receivers, and you're like, wait a second. We've got everything that we need to be a consistent playoff contender. Why aren't we even getting into the postseason tournament? doesn't make any sense. But uh, back to baseball for a quick second. Hey, can we stop as sports fans or maybe the sports media talking about coaches' ages and their lack of – you know, ability to connect with the players and stuff like that. Let's face it. Some of the best coaches, heads of organizations, Pete Carroll, almost 71, right? Bill Belichick going to turn 70 next April. Are you telling me if Phil Jackson came back after how long has it been? 12 years, however long it's been uh, a 10 year hiatus, 15 year height that he wouldn't excel that he wouldn't still be one of the best coaches. These guys don't forget the stuff overnight. It's yeah, funny because maybe a different generation, but it's not necessarily something where you don't know how to manage the team or manage personalities. I'm sorry, but if, if Tony LaRusso was able to manage Mark McGuire, Ricky Henderson, and Jose Canseco on the same team, he could deal with any personality in any era. I guarantee you. And it'd be different if, if like if you're using that, and and a team is really struggling, 
right? Like when they're playing poorly and you can just say, you know what? I just don't think the players and the coaches are relating with each other. Um, They can't get their message across. Like that happens to any aged coach anywhere they go. Sometimes you wear out your welcome. Sometimes it's just the wrong fit for the group of guys or gals or whoever you're coaching. But when you're winning, I don't understand why that's a topic. You're right. Yeah, and all those those coaches I mentioned are all winners. They've all come back and succeeded. The Seahawks and the Patriots have been two of yeah. the best teams in football in the last decade. I mean, come on. Let's I, I'd say let's move off of that conversation. It's funny. They even did it to Gruden, not because of age, but because of time away from the game when he wasn't really away from the game. You know, he well, analyzed film each and every day of the year, but yet they're like, you know, so I don't know. I don't really buy into those things. I think those are more for, you know, talk show conversations and for yeah. people at ESPN to fill time. Popovich. But it's really not an issue. He's, yeah, he's outspoken. He's outspoken with some of his politics, so people will disagree with things that he says. But he relates really well to oh, yeah. every young group because he because of that because look, he's so Pop, honest. You know, Pop and Kurt, look, you have to have a certain uh, set of political thinking uh, if you're in the NBA right now. Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. kind of I'm, almost like uh, towing the company line, right? I mean, you y- you have. You have a certain demographic that you're working alongside, that you're working with. You want everybody to be happy. You're going to promote certain things that are more meaningful in your workplace. You know, it's kind of like it's no different to me than somebody working a nine to five corporate job and uh, maybe supporting a MS Jogathon or something like that, raising money. And you I all think a lot of a sudden it- become interested in the topics that affect the people you're closest with. And that's yep. as simple as that. There's yep. a... We don't need to go any further. So no. I may not agree with Pop or Kerr, you know, on 80% of what they say. But, but they know how I to relate to their guys. players. I think I love I love that they're in the NBA. Um, I love seeing the masterful coaching jobs that they do. I'm able to separate, you know, some of the things that they say uh, that are non-basketball related from the basketball related content. So. Uh, a couple other really quick hits uh, before we uh, talk a little bit of horse racing is the Giants. You mentioned it a little earlier with the NL West. We are now into week 11 of this season with the Giants on top of the National League West having one of the best records in baseball. It was worth mentioning. You also mentioned something, which is the Astros. I officially declare the Astros the Red Sox killers. Yeah. The Red Sox have won five out of their last eight series. They are five, two, and one. One being a split. Guess who are the two losses to? Series losses. They've won every series in the last eight. Except for one tie and two losses to the Astros. Not two lost games, two lost series. So outside outside of the Astros... They've been winning for a month. Yeah, <laughs> and for some, it's it's such a a funny thing. Sometimes uh, you mentioned the the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Giants get kind of flip flop. The Dodgers had a good weekend where they swept them, and then I think the Dodgers came back and beat the Dodgers uh, three out of four. I keep like waiting for a moment when the Giants are are going to uh, make sort of hit a wall, and I think for them it might be with injuries now. Like Longoria had been playing really really well, and he's going to be missing some time. I don't know if they're deep enough to do what the Dodgers and the Padres did. Both of those teams, you know, you kind of look at the Dodgers and Padres and um, you you sort of expect them to be 
maybe head and shoulders above the Giants, but both of those teams had a lot of injury issues and COVID issues for the Padres. They had a bunch of their players. Like there was one time, one little stretch of three or four games where they were just bringing players up. They had like nobody from their everyday lineup and they were still winning games. And the Dodgers were, I mean, you look at some of the games missed that they've had from Bellinger to Seager, even Mookie's missed nine games, uh, Lux missed some time, McKinstry missed games, you look at their pitching staff too, now you got Mays hurt, a lot of their relievers had been hurt, so it's pretty impressive for both of them. I think for the Giants, more than just not playing well, when they get hurt, it might it might really hurt their team, because I just don't think they'll be able to fill in like, like the Dodgers and Padres were luckily able to do. Well, here's the irony, irony of that, is that, yeah, the, they've uh, start, they're starting to suffer uh, with, from the injury bug as well. But man, every guy that they've put in there has Everyone. been able to contribute. How about Lamont Wade? Everyone. Journeyman, 27 year old. I think he still qualifies as a rookie because he doesn't have the minimum number of games played or the minimum number of at bats. He hits three home runs in the week of his call up. Uh, Steven Duger or Duggar, or whatever his name is, has quietly uh, made a little bit of a name for himself in the Bay Area. You know, he's hitting close to 300, maybe a little bit above 300, and has hit some really clutch uh, home runs and, and some really, really key doubles. And their pitching has been really, really lights out, even though they've experienced some injuries as a staff as well. So I don't know, man. They keep plugging away. I keep thinking it's going to catch up to them. If you Me recall, too. I was probably one of the most critical of them uh, in our preview show. Heading into the year, like, they're junk. Because you know, on and, paper man, they are. Bro. It doesn't make sense. They're not doing like they, they didn't. And, and what's funny is it it's worked perfectly because it was like this hodgepodge of like, are you veterans? Are you going to go young? What are you trying to do here? It's worked for them, and they get all the credit in the world. I just right now, like I still look at their team. We've only got a couple minutes left. And like, if you were to play them in a playoff series, still on paper, like, would they terrify you? No, not at all. You know, and, and maybe they overachieve and maybe they end up just being better than we all thought all along. But I don't know. I kind of, I, I, that's one of the things I look at. Like, I look at your Red Sox, for example, and I don't think, like, I look at the Boston and go, okay, pitching wise, right now, they don't scare me how they may match up in a playoff series, although Sale is starting to throw, uh, I've I yeah. heard recently. So that could be a positive. But Boston could out hit you in a playoff series. Like, that's what's scary. Like, you look at Boston, you go, oh, okay, like, there could be just three games where they score seven runs and you're just done. Yep. Um, I just don't feel that way about a team like the Giants. You make you make some good sense, man. I totally agree with you. I get it. Uh, hey, we're about to wrap. So quick uh, quick take on the Belmont Stakes uh, before we close this out. Awesome. awesome. Two really good horses in essential quality and Hot Rod Charlie. Big shout out to uh, one of our buddies, Doug O'Neill, who we know uh, who did a great job. Hot Rod Charlie ran fast early. He battled. He got the lead and he, he tried to win the battle. He just couldn't quite win the war at the end. But uh, I think there are two really good horses. I've heard some people that are like upset because the word rivalry has been used with them. I think it's cool. They've run against each other three times. They were first and second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. They were third and fourth in the Derby. And now they were first and second in the Belmont. If we see them run against each other in like the Travers and then in the Breeders' Cup, that'd be five times in a year, which is pretty good in this day and age. So, heck, I'm, I'm a little more interested in seeing these two horses run against each other now because Hot Rod ran so well in defeat. I love rivalries. Give me more of it. I'm totally down with it, Gino. That's all the time we have for this week. If you're going to be handicapping any of these Santa Anita cards over the next couple of weeks, 
tune in to Gino Bacola and George Ortazar. They're putting on some seminars, seminars, handicapping the races all the way through. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be here same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.